from CGSR 88.5 FM. You're listening to All That Matters, and I'm Josh Turpin. And I'm Chris Changin Phillips. And you're listening to All That Matters, live for the fun drive. Oh, yeah. Hey, that was me, too. Live for Fun Drive. <laughs> you know what? Fun Drive is your chance to support another year of great campus and community radio from CGSR. Call or click to donate now. The number is 780-492-2577, extension... Zero. Zero today. Uh, or go to cgsr.com slash donate. We've got some fantastic prizes to give away, but first, we want to let you know uh, what today's episode is all about. Uh, on All That Matters, of course, tell stories about arts and culture around Alberta, each week, we take small bites out of a big question. Since we have an extra large hour-long episode this week, so we thought we'd tackle another really big question. What can art tell us about the future? We'll speak with U of A Student Union President Navni Kinda about what <laughs> what's the future of arts and campus in Edmonton. Navni, do you have something to say right now? No. No, she does not. We'll get back to her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also head out into the enchanting streets of Edmonton after dark, and spoiler alert, we'll talk about why we love spoilers so much. Um, On top of our stories this hour, we'll be giving away a signed book from Variant Edition Comics, The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy by Sam Maggs. And this actually looks really exciting. It's uh, a collection of stories about uh, geek fandom, and one of the essays is written by Kate Beaton, the wonderful cartoonist of Hark, a Vagrant, and one of them is written by Jane Espenson. And um, if anybody's ever watched Buffy or Once Upon a Time... I know Buffy. ...or Battlestar Galactica... I don't know that. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jane Espenson uh, was one of the writers behind that. So, yeah, we'll be giving away the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy with uh, lots of great stories from authors like that. And you'll also get swag for donating, like the Friends of CGSR discount card, our 2015 compilation CD, the CGSR wallet, and our brand new hoodie. And everyone who donates will be entered to win our Fun Drive Grand Prize this year of an exclusive Summer Music Festival Pass to Folkfest, Interstellar Rodeo, Bermuda Fest, and more. The number to call again is 780-492-2577 or go to cgsr.com. Extension zero. What up? In just a minute, we're going to tell you about some challenges we'll do on air for you guys this hour. But first, the very first story from our newest volunteer, Rowan E.B. Rowan, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Chris. Rowan, it is great to have you here in studio. I am so excited to saying. be here. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, so, Rowan, what, fu- what part of the future are you taking listeners to today? Well, we're going to go to the past, and then we're going to go to the future. I have a story to share from um, a late-night event that some listeners might not have been part of last weekend. It was called Nuit Blanche. It was Edmonton's first Nuit Blanche. Ooh. It was so much fun uh, walking around all night, seeing art downtown. Um, I think art in public spaces can be a really powerful way of engaging with social and political conversations, especially now with the federal election coming up and the big changes happening at the provincial level. There's been a lot of dialogue around what is worth spending public funds on and the kind of social and economic development that we want to invest in. So. I asked, um, how can art be a medium for members of the public to engage with these conversations? And what is the future of public art in Edmonton? So these are questions I brought to my conversation with Monique McFarlane and Sarah Amato, who are two artists that participated in Nuit Blanche. Nuit Blanche took place last Saturday, and their installation was titled Pothole Possibilities. a small clip of the panorama 
panoramic sound that filled City Hall on Saturday, September 26th. That was part of Gary James Jones' sound installation titled Ouroboros. This installation was one of more than 30 artworks that attracted hundreds of people to the downtown core last Saturday as part of Edmonton's first Nuit Blanche. Nuit Blanche is a contemporary art event that began in Paris in 2002 and has spread across the world since then. On the night of Edmonton's first Nuit Blanche, the downtown core was transformed into a loud and lively space for contemporary art. I had the chance to chat with two artists who participated in the event. Sarah Amato and Monique McFarlane are the duo behind the tongue-in-cheek installation titled Pothole Possibilities. I spoke to them about what this event signals to them about the future of public engagement with art in Edmonton. This is my conversation with Sarah and Monique. Sarah and Monique, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, this is Edmonton's first Nuit Blanche and everybody's super excited. Uh, there's a lot of people on the streets and there, there's quite a number of people around your, um, your exhibit tonight. So can you tell me a bit about your installation? Sure, uh, it's called Pothole Possibilities and um, the idea about it is to take potholes and make them into art. So what we've done essentially is um, take some, uh, is to transform, Monique and I walked around town and took some photographs of, of the various potholes that we saw and we were inspired by them to make them, in, to transform them into something that looks approximately like sculptures and then we took those sculptures, put them on plinths and filled them with vignettes to make potholes into sculptures. So that was part of it and um, the whole idea really is just to take some of the angst that the city has about potholes and to make that into art. In the description for your installation, you mentioned that the city of Edmonton fills over 450,000 potholes a year, but the problem is never eliminated. They just keep popping up again and again. So, um, so that's year. actually from uh, an article in The Walrus, mm -hmm. and the article was really interesting. It suggested that um, the reason why there are so many complaints about potholes is that essentially Edmontonians in particular are expressing anxieties about other things, about city administration, disaffection with government. Um, but the, I, we thought, or at least I thought, that the number of 400,000 was astonishing. Mm -hmm. So it really suggests that in fact a lot of care is given by the city to fill potholes. And I guess we're privileged to be part of that because um, the Edmonton Arts Council is it's funding us and we're filling the potholes. So, we're also yeah. privileged as Canadians. Like, that's your biggest complaint. There's a divot in your cement, man. You know, it's, sorry, not the happiest, but you know, there are worse things that I could go into about that we could be complaining about in our society or our cities. Like, that's that's it. Oh, there's, there's a divot. Ooh, my life is over. No, like, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek we're kind of you know having fun with it but also like you know really it's a hole mm -hmm. you have thick tires that you've spent a lot of money I've spent a lot of money on tires man they can drive over a pothole it's okay it's fine your your piece definitely speaks a clear message of making the best out of a a, a situation or a problem that's not going away um, do you think it speaks to how art can be used to address some of those uh, concerns that maybe aren't being talked about in Edmonton? Um, 
Well, we hope so. I mean, I, I certainly think that um, there's a lot of really positive things going on in the art scene in Edmonton already. And I think that uh, Nuit Blanche is symptomatic of that. I think that it's a remarkable thing that there are so many people out here on the street tonight and that they are enjoying and celebrating artistic promise of this city that already actually exists. Part of your installation is inviting members of the public to write poetry, make drawings, uh, to reflect on their relationship to potholes. What was your rationale behind making it uh, interactive that way? Any kind of artistic experience that has real promise is co-created with your audience. And so, um, so I know that uh, co-creation is actually Monique's word. So um, I think that, uh, that, that, that we were just inviting people to participate. And in fact, uh, what's so wonderful about Nuit Blanche, um, particularly in its beginning stages, as a veteran of the Toronto Nuit Blanche scene, as someone who, who went to it but was not an artist participant, um, in the very beginning, uh, when it was still small scale, there was the possibility of participation. And so, um, in fact, you may in fact see that, that once this becomes more and more successful, when the crowd comes in and it becomes too big, you can't participate in quite the same way because, um, because it becomes um, a, bigger, a bigger and more wonderful spectacle, but there's also the element of crowd control that, that comes into that. Getting so, from A to B becomes part of your challenge. You're like, I just want to get to that one exhibit way over there, but there's a million people in between me and there. So more participation is great. It's great. And yeah. it also just, um, I think, I hope that it allows people to feel more attached to the experience that they have. And also, um, just wanted to add, one of our pieces is a mosaic in one of the potholes, like a tile mosaic. And when I was making it with one of our volunteers, a little person came and helped us. And so she actually made the art. And I was like, you can tell people you made this art. It'll be here all night and thousands of people are gonna see it. And she was like, yay! And we made, you know, and it looks really awesome. And the kid made it with us and, you know, I don't know her. I don't know if her parents know, but your kid's an artist. She did some cool stuff, and now everybody's looking at it, and people really like it. They're like, "I like that one," and I'm like, "Yeah, a little kid helped me make it. It's great." So it was nice. It was like, you know, kind of touching. Oh, that you know, she wanted to help us make art, and I told her, "I'm like, anybody can do this. Anybody can make art. You know, you're an artist now, kid." You're a great little artist, so it was good. It was nice. I felt good inside. You mentioned in the description for your piece that. Um, Oftentimes when uh, creative projects are proposed, uh, members of the public will respond with, why don't you fix the potholes instead, quote unquote. Um, so were you trying to bring art to sort of uh, members of the public or people who aren't totally engaged with art by making it collaborative this way? I do think so. I also think that um, because potholes are one of the topics that are spoken about a lot in the city of Edmonton. Um, I th we were hoping that uh, people would engage with the subject matter and find it amusing. I think we're also questioning about one of the things our piece does is it questions is this actually art right i think you probably noticed little signs and um and that's kind of deliberate it's it's tongue-in-cheek we want we want people to enjoy we want people to think um we want them to question the experience that they're having um we also and want them we, to become and in, get into the art and like not be pretentious about it not that art is only pretentious and highfalutin and you know 
little things in a pothole could be art and we can all enjoy it. And the possibility of, of seeing um, the very ordinary as um, something a little bit unusual and extraordinary, to take a look at it again, you know, the sort of thing that's a little bit, um, that is so mundane, that is so common, that um, is in fact a source of anxiety, but um, to look at it slightly differently and to see it with, with humor or, uh, or um, or maybe even to to, to see it in, in a kind of profound way and to think about it a little bit and to engage with it differently. I mean, I think it's absolutely remarkable that there are all these people on the street yes, in downtown awesome. Edmonton at night. And um, I think that, um, I think this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for, um, as we become a more uh, cosmopolitan city, to think about the fact that one of the things that's missing in Edmonton is a real street life and a street presence of pedestrians all the time, everywhere, at all hours of the day. And if this, some of this energy could um, could be maintained throughout the year, I think I think that that would really be a marvelous thing. Do you think Edmonton is ready now? And um and this is the right time for Edmonton to start embracing a different kind of art and night culture. Uh, yep. I would have to say yes. <laughs> it's about time. I've been waiting. A lot of us have moved towns and left and saw things and be like, why can't this happen here? And then we come back and it's not happening. So it's about time. What is it about this time this. that makes Edmonton ready for this? I think the population is one thing. We've got a lot of new migrants and of a younger demographic. Like, don't we have the highest population of people around 35 or something or like that? 36 or 37. It's an incredibly young city, and uh, there's a lot of energy as a result. And I think that um, I think that this just is um, all about capitalizing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to some of the organizers of this, in fact, um, they're they're pretty young, and I think that that's really impressive and a really wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just it's it's just a fantastic thing to be part of, and and I really hope um, that the city continues to fund this sort of initiative and and to really really um, really embrace it. So. Wow, Rowan, did you have fun? That sounded like a fun time. It was spectacular. It was the most fun I've had in downtown Edmonton and at night in a long time. <laughs> Which wow. tells you how exciting my nights are. <laughs> <laughs> Rouge Lounge is pretty cool on Tuesdays, I'm just saying. I agree. I was there last night. It was, yes, you were. It was <laughs> popping. Um, so it looks like that so far, how long has it been, Chris? How long has the show been on? 15 minutes. So in 15 minutes, we got $200 thus far, and we want to thank Len, Finn, and Danielle for that 200 And we have a grand total at CGSR right now of $67,852.50. Fantastic. It is pretty good. I'm happy about it. I don't know about you guys, but all you guys out there in listener land... You guys got to call in at 780-492-2577, extension zero, to donate right now to All That Matters, your favorite arts and culture show up here in Edmonton, the great white north. All you people <laughs> listening in the States and across the world, call in, support Edmonton right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Rowan, it sounded like uh, Nuit Blanche was like a hub of activity, not just this pavement thing, but like thousands of people walking around. Like what what other exhibits were on like right beside you guys? Uh, what When we did that, interview when we had that conversation there was um, an installation happening right next to us so you may have heard 
things being crushed, and the installation was called Make It Flat. It was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Um, there was a steamroller that was going through uh, a hockey rink that was set up. There was no ice. It was just concrete. And they were crushing things as we were having this conversation. And um, <laughs> there was a toilet being crushed. There was a squash that got crushed. Um, I think there was a like a fake penis that got crushed as well. Classic. So, yeah. And, and the crowd, <laughs> the crowd was just, you know, standing around the ice rink, cheering, cheering, cheering. There was so much um, so much energy. There must be something about Canadian pride to watch a steamroller <laughs> go through a hockey rink and crush things. I mean, that should be a new sport. At one point, the artists asked the crowd, do you like steamrollers or do you like Zambonis? And people said, steamrollers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, so what did uh, some of the audience people think of the pothole possibilities? Yeah, um, that, that piece was interactive and as I mentioned as we talked about in the interview uh, people were asked to write poetry and to really engage with the idea of potholes as places for art so I spoke to a few people and I asked one of them to recite her poem for us hear about Nui Blanche? Actually, a girl on my Facebook posted it, and that's how I saw it. And then a girl at my office is like, this is an event not to miss. Like, everyone's talking about it. How did she sell you on it? What did she say you shouldn't miss about it? Well, actually, she sold me on this bouncy castle high-rise. <laughs> I was like, that sounds so cool. Like, there's supposed to be millions of bouncy castles high. In Hannah's mind. In, in Hannah's mind. <laughs> Have you seen that installation yet? Yes. Yes, we went over to it as it was deflating. <laughs> and it was very sad, but I guess that's art. <laughs> it's supposed to make you feel something. <laughs> we felt something. We felt something something watching it deflate before our eyes. <laughs> I saw you uh, writing some poetry as part of uh, Pothole Possibilities, so um, what brought you to this installation? It was, oh, it was on our list and we're trying to see all of the art exhibits tonight. What were you th your thoughts on it? The, the, the pothole thing? It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting all these little characters in it and stuff and and I wasn't expecting a woman to ask me to write a love poem to a to a pothole so that was new new experience how was how did it feel to write a love poem to a pothole well I decided just to write a limerick instead because that's what the card said so love love just went out the window so. um, when you think about potholes at Edmonton do you ever think about art coming out of them no I didn't but actually that's like a new perspective so that's very good like maybe I won't complain about the potholes more just be like wow like that's an interesting pothole like what does it look like what could I write in it could I like stuff something in it make it look cool make some art out of it it's gonna be the newest thing do you want to go uh, read your limerick no <laughs> I'll read mine okay okay you let's already go read know it. my heart let's no, go read I, it I already know it. 
potholes on the road, swerving to miss the toad, guts went flying, I started crying, my world is about to implode. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. That was uh, a small group of friends who were very, very gracious and um, allowed me to interview them. Uh, about their experience at Nuit Blanche. And before that, we heard my conversation with Monique McFarlane and Sarah Amato, who uh, put on the installation titled Pothole Possibilities at Nuit Blanche on Saturday. Thank you. Thanks to you, Rowan. Uh, you are listening to All That Matters from CJSR. CJSR's listener-supported, volunteer-powered campus and community radio. Here in All That Matters, we try to take on stories that tell us something about the place we live, why art matters here. From the backstory of the West Ed Whale to poetry in the Remand Center, we want to keep bringing you fascinating stories. Uh, so we need your donations. And holy man, you guys have donated a lot. Josh, what's our update so far? Oh, my. Hallelujah. Goodness. <laughs> our show total for this hour is 1000 and $95. Thank you guys out there in Salinas. You get my snaps. Those are important to me. So there you go. And then that reaches us at a grand total of $68,747.50. Congratulations to you, the Edmonton community. <laughs> for continuing to get awesome community radio. Thank you so much for donating. Uh, call now and uh, add your uh, name to the chance to win our prize for this hour, the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, signed by, uh, from Variant Edition Comics. Uh, also, we have a CJSR bumper sticker to give away this hour, so Ooh, that'll be going out. I want that. Yeah. Uh, again, the number is 780-492-2577. That's 780-492-2577, extension zero or go to cjsr.com. If you are still on the fence about picking up that phone, consider this. Good idea. Volunteering in your local soup kitchen. Bad idea. Volunteering in your local soup chicken. Oh, jeez. Good idea. Rolling up your loose change so you can make a donation to CJSR for this year's fun drive. Bad idea. Stashing all your toonies in your ear, nose, and throat. Oh, jeez. So pick up that phone and donate. 780-492-2577. So, Josh, um, we have uh, met our goal before for the challenges before we even announced what the challenges were. <laughs> I know. I, that, I guess that leaves me with no choice. So, <laughs> just so your challenges know, uh, well, listeners out there, just so you guys know, the challenge for this week was... Well, since I totally won the Salty and Cracker Challenge last week against Chris, and he gave me his job for the weekend, it was oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> week, since we've raised over $300, piece of cake, uh, I'll do the Salty and Cracker Challenge live on air with none other than Student Union President Navneet Kinda. It's in the script. It has to happen. <laughs> Navneet, say hi. Hi, guys. What's up? How are you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's a little scared, I think. I'm terrified. She knows she's going to get beaten. So, Navni, here's the cracker challenge. All right. Um, you got to take six crackers. Do I have to do six? You got to do six. It's a salty cracker challenge. It's 10 seconds of cracker. Oh, my God. So, six. Yeah, that's three. That's four. That's four. Build up a little that's bit five. of spit beforehand if you can. That's what I learned last week. That's five. Okay, that's take six. six. Okay, and now I'll get my six. And the stakes are, if I, my I, mouth is already getting dry. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the fear is working. <laughs> if 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 you lose, um, oh, I get to be student union president 
for 48 hours. Uh, oh my god. And, <laughs> and if you win, you get to do all my homework. So it's a win-win. Um, maybe. <laughs> so how do I win? Okay, so how do you win is yeah. when, when Chris or Rowan says go, um, you gotta stick all these crackers in your mouth. And the first one to finish, <laughs> like chew them and swallow. Chew them and swallow. Yeah, the first one to finish in sixty seconds wins. So what? I'm ready if you're ready. That's okay. Yeah. And all right. first of all, before we do this, guys, if you want to call in, uh, call in at seven eight zero four nine two two five seven seven extension zero. Support community radio. Support all that matters, and support CJSR. Navni, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm doing okay. this for you, listeners. Chris, let's get a countdown, can we? Okay, five, four, three, two, one, chew. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, you have to throw them all in. All. Yeah, all of them. At the same time. Uh, so far, Josh has them all in his mouth, and he's, like, m- mowing through them. Wow, <laughs> Navneet is just exploding everywhere. This was my experience last week. Just dust. Just dust. CJSR Studio dominated by Cracker Dust again. This can is going to be fun, fun post-show. Can we get some on this? Uh, sure, yeah. We're at 30 seconds, and Josh looks like he's, like, almost done his crackers. <laughs> 32 seconds. Navneet cannot open her mouth yet. Still just a dusty lip town over here. Okay, you, we got 20 listen- seconds left. For you listeners out there, she is covered in cracker crust. If you guys want to call in, call in 780-492-2577, extension zero. Uh, we have six seconds left. Come on, Navneet. You can get through it. Mm. Come on. Oh, man. Josh is, he totally cleaned this up. I crushed it. Yeah, one minute. I crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the rest of the dust goes back in the Premium Plus oh Cracker Box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, congratulations to new Students Union president for 48 hours, uh, uh, Josh. You are relieved of command. <laughs> no, we're just messing. But thank you, Navneet, for falling into that well, trap. Well, um, I definitely made a mess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I hope you have a vacuum. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> this normally doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that was my That's first time. Awesome. Unexpected things happen yeah. on your first time. All right. Wow. Okay. So that was our um, first listener challenge this hour. Our second listener challenge was to get to seven hundred dollars, um, and that would unlock. Josh's other crazy offer this week, which well, was Chris. You're singing with me. Oh yeah, I'll join in. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we're doing Backstreet's Back um, as a karaoke. A modern classic. A modern classic. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> someone once said that the Backstreet Boys are the closest thing we have. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop talking. Backstreet Boys are great. They're awesome, and we're gonna sing. All right. Um, so. Uh, I, um, yeah, the number to call, again, to donate, 7049225772577. Our beautiful phone volunteers are waiting outside to take your call. Um, in case you've forgotten, <laughs> this is all that matters from CJSR, not the Cracker Hour. It's <laughs> a Story- good show. Stories, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. Um, stories about arts and culture in Alberta. This week, we're asking what art can tell us about the future. We are live for Fun Drive. Um, all hour, we're asking for your support to help. Keep making another year of community radio. Um, you know, all of CJSR's news shows, like All That Matters, are run pretty much entirely by volunteers. Rowan, why did you decide to start volunteering with CJSR? 
Well, I thought the world would love to hear my voice. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I moved away from Edmonton three years ago, and I came back um, last January. One of my goals was to explore Edmonton's art scene, to really dig my fingers back into the city and see what cool things were happening here because I could feel this change happening. And so um, all summer I educated myself. I sought out live music. I sought out art, dance, um, just really cool things that were happening in Edmonton's art and culture scene. and. I met so many cool people and I was having incredible conversations and I realized that I wanted to share some of the things I was learning about the city. I wanted to share how in love I was becoming with Edmonton and I know I sound super sappy right now but I met so many other people who are also passionate about making um, making the best out of what we have here in the city in terms of creativity and resources and inspiration. Um, so I decided to volunteer with CJSR so that I could share my passion for building a more creative community. We're very glad to have you on the team. Um, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> you guys are fun. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, on top of supporting um, people with great instincts like that, um, when you donate to CJSR, you'll also get some perks for donating. Um, we have a CJSR hoodie, t-shirt, frisbee, a foldable paper wallet, which is amazing, uh, our CD for this year, and the Friends of CJSR discount card. Um, this hour, you'll also be entered in draw to win the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, courtesy of Variant Edition Comics. Um, yeah, so the number to call, 780-492-2577, or go to cjsr.com slash donate. All right, well, this hour, uh, we're talking about the future, and right now we're joined with UFA Student Union Prez, Navneet Kinda, and we're just going to ask her some questions about the future, uh, the future of Student Union, the future of CJSR, oh, wow. the future of arts and cultures at UFA in Edmonton. Navneet, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm pretty excited. How is, uh, how's, how's the term been so far? It's been great. Um, busy. Things get busier all the time. Like in September, October, we always get hit with our October crisis, whatever that may be. So can't <laughs> tell you what that fest, is yet. October yeah. Fest, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But not usually like people in like FLQ crisis type situations. No, no, okay. not like okay. that. Um, how, was, uh, how was the alumni week thing? Weekend. Oh, that was awesome. So Alumni Weekend is like a great weekend full of a bunch of events. Um, one of the highlights actually was going to dinner on Saturday with alumni who graduated in 1965 and graduates from 1945. It's pretty insane. Um, so that was really cool just meeting all our old friends. Yeah. That's awesome. And then how did the uh, Week of Welcome go way back? It's a terror. It feels so long ago already. Yeah, it Jeez. does. Yeah. Week of Welcome is always awesome, um, and it was really good this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. what about all the um, all the clubs and tents and stuff? How'd that go? <laughs> Were you talking about the tents? Yeah, I'm talking about the tents. Um, the tents are great. They're waterproof, you know, like house all our groups and stuff. So. <laughs> what about the clubs? The clubs are fantastic. Um, you know, we got 400 student groups on campus, and it's always an honor to show them off around campus. So now, that's cool. Did, did CGSR used to be a part of the student union? Don't remember. I, I think I no. I don't, I don't think know. so. No. no, Chris, how did it work before? Yeah. <laughs> well, CGSR is supported by a student levy. Yes. Um, yeah. That's is that it like is. so? We get like a third of our funding from uh, students at the U of A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the SU doesn't really do anything. It's like a we have a fee for students pay for it a little bit. Students yeah. pay for yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now a, qu a question I had was. Um, 
what what do you think happened to the days of of like the student radio? Because I mean, we do get a lot of uh, volunteers that are students and stuff like that, but. I, rem- I just I can picture this place in the 80s and the 90s just being mm-hmm. like you know it's completely students you know uh, but more importantly students actually listen to CGSR yeah, yeah. what do you think some things that we can do at CGSR and at U of A to improve that sort of uh, community of students yeah I mean that's like an age old question how do you reach out to more people um, I have no answer for you because I mean that's, well, that's just, fine it's a question uh, we struggle with as a student <laughs> union but it brings up something really interesting, especially, you know, in terms of arts and all that, but like how these days students or people in general can access kind of whatever they want to listen to. So we kind of stick to what we know and the groups that we want to be part of. And so, cause we have so many options now, right? Whatever Facebook group or whatever music you want to listen to. And so I think that lends to a more like siloized campus. Um, and so there's all these kind of forces that we have to work against to bring people together. Awesome. Um, yeah. Um, what are some, uh, do you know of any upcoming events that students can go to that are like artsy? They're artsy. Um, not off the top of my head. There was that, uh, the, Chris, have you seen the signs for the comedy night? There's the comedy Yeah, night. we always have comedy nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one coming up. So check out uasu.ca slash events. There's always cool stuff happening. We got movie nights, um, comedy nights, and just generally great things going on so yeah Ooh, phones are ringing phones are ringing uh we actually uh uh, one of the cgsr hosts lars right is going to be at the Mm -hmm. comedy Mm -hmm. night yeah yeah so that'll be great that's cool oh lars will be there yeah cars is lars is on a comic genius yeah yeah it's funny guy um well thanks napping no problem (laughs) (laughs) uh but we want you uh what do you want to say to all the listeners out there what do you want them to do what I want them to do? I want all the listeners out there to, you know, live a good life. Life oh is God. short. Yeah, this is And you serious. also want them to. I want them to donate because <laughs> guess what? what? Supporting your community is how you live a good life. So important. get out there, call us, and send some money our way to support a great community initiative. <laughs> yeah, call uh, <laughs> 780-492-2577. Thank you, Student Union President. Can I, do you Navneet mind if I? Yeah, no, just, Chris. I'm, I'm super curious, because, I mean, Navneet, now you're, you're like, trapped for the you, next you were in minutes. the SU before, really, but, yeah. you know, this is a this is a new position for you. Like, yeah. what have you been able to see now as president that you weren't able to see before about what the future looks like for Ooh. students in arts faculties and, and how that's changing over time? Yeah, um, I think, like, generally, you know, in all campuses, we're, we're kind of struggling against this culture that always tries to devalue the arts just because they're not financially productive or whatever. Um, and so that's an issue and that's a problem because that affects all students, I think. That affects, you know, we're here to learn and not necessarily like churn out people who are going to go climb that corporate ladder. I mean, by all means, go and do that if you want, but we're here to learn how to think. And I think that the universities and, you know, the city and like corp- corporations and businesses, small businesses, big businesses need to realize that and support the arts because that's so foundational to, you know, to being a student here. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what is, I mean, what does the future look like right now um, in terms of like what what's new in terms of opportunities for students who want to like get their hands on some fine arts stuff on campus? Like, wh- I, I don't know. I just hear all the time or I heard all the time yeah. before the provincial government changed, you know, like um, tiny arts faculties being trimmed, yeah. um, you know, not just at the U of A, but like theater tech programs mm-hmm. being trimmed around the province too. 
I think the best thing you can do is support those kinds of programs. So go out, like we have students that put on plays and shows, um, and you know, we should go out and watch them. We should go out to all the little concerts that are happening in Convocation Hall, um, you know, check out the mixed choir and what they're doing. There's a lot of stuff happening on campus, and if we support it, you know, we're voting with our feet. So go out there, attend those events, and then people will really see that they're valued. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they'll be supported more in the future. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. No uh, we should, uh, if you guys want to vote, uh, vote. <laughs> you guys should go out and vote. That's true. If you guys want to donate, more important today, donate at 780-492-2577, extension zero. And why don't you guys listen to this? Tired of ordinary radio? Why not grow your own? That's right, kids. You can grow your own radio right here in your own community with the CJSR Fun Drive Radio Kit. Just plant 88.5 in your radio. Water with generosity and watch it grow. Everyone can have high quality radio out of the ordinary in every room, every home, even on the go. Grow your own radio with the CJSR Radio Fun Drive. Emphasis on fun. Dialer click to donate to this year's Fun Drive. CJSR.com and 780-492-2577. Actual radio not included. You're listening to All That Matters from CJSR. I'm Chris Changin Phillips. And I'm Josh Turpin. Today we are talking about what art can tell us about the future, and we are live this whole hour for CJSR's Fun Drive, which means you won't sadly hear Minister Faust on MF Galaxy today, but he has a message for you. Hi, I'm Minister Faust, and for 23 years I was a DJ and public affairs host and producer at CJSR, the radio station that literally changed my life. I left in 2012, but I'm back with my new show, MF Galaxy, which features writers on writing, pop culture, progressive politics, and Afrocentricity every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Right now, it's Fun Drive 2015, and CJSR needs your support to continue to provide the best quality programming it can and to change lives of programmers and the audience. So call up CJSR right now, make your monthly pledge, and do your part for E-Town's best homegrown radio community. That's right, the number to call is 780-492-2577 to donate or go to CJSR.com. So far, listeners, you've helped us raise how much this hour? $1,147. Thank you so much. And that's bringing us to a grand total of $68,797.50. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're talking about the future today. I think about the future every morning. When I read online about all the spoilers that have leaked from movies and TV shows I've been waiting to see, it turns out that researcher and friend of all the matters, Brent Bellamy, thinks a lot about spoilers, too. He's studied post-apocalyptic literature, post-apocalyptic literature and uh, he's currently working on a project about energy cultures and fiction at Memorial University in Newfoundland, and Newfoundland is where I reached him over the phone. Well, like all good postdoctoral fellows studying energy regimes and fiction at Memorial University. Um, you have played the Lego Star Wars video games and the, Le- and the Star Wars card game. Um, for the uninitiated, what is the Star Wars Expanded Universe? The Star Wars Expanded Universe, I 
think it probably got going through novels first, but then quickly spread into um, graphic novels and, and video games as well. And it's the basic idea that the story world created in the movies um, extends beyond them. Oh, so what was your favorite part of the expanded universe? I always really liked these novels when I was a kid called um, Tales of. So it'd be like Tales of the Moss Eisley Cantina. And then this is a, pretty much how the extended universe works. It's just like every character you see in the cantina in episode four, just like Star Wars, um, gets a little backstory. You get to read about different people. And there's a Tales of Bounty Hunters, too. I really like that one. And that's a split second in episode five when they're on the sort of bridge of the Star Destroyer and Darth Vader's like, you have to go and find Han Solo. And you have, like, IG-88 standing there and Dengar standing there and Bosk standing there. These people, you see that you seriously see each one for a second, but then you get to read about what they did next. So when Disney bought the license to the Star Wars franchise a few years ago, what did they do with all the expanded universe novels and all the rest of that fiction? Uh, I think that it's a, it's a testy thing because they basically decided to scrap it. Scrap it in what way? Like, what what does that mean? <laughs> that means, and it's a funny thing to say, okay, so all that stuff that had been written and all that stuff that you'd read and sort of got to know that universe that you were exploring, fictional universe, um, that's not true. And we're going to, that's not canon. That doesn't hold up. So we're going to keep the original films, and we're going to keep the prequels, and and create a new storyline from that. So all the work that had been done in this previous way of imagining the whole, all these characters and their interrelationships and their adventures and all of that is doesn't isn't true anymore. Which is a weird, a weird thing to say about a fictional universe, um, but it's not canon. So these are the ways we're going to. We're, everything moving forward with Disney at the helm will be canon. Yeah, that is weird. Like, there's the true fiction, and then there's the uh, not true fiction now. Yeah. Um, so, so how much do you think that that had to do with Disney wanting to avoid what's happening with the Marvel movies now, where people have read the Marvel comic books, and so the storylines of the movie are being spoiled for them because they, they read the comic book storylines like years ago, and now they're being adapted for film? Well, I mean, I think, that's, I think that's a good way to think about it. What you're suggesting, I guess, is basically that um, this is like a clean break, so no one can complain because, you know, there's, there's no Dash Randar or something. Um, Right? That's sort of the... Yeah, yeah. The idea? I'm thinking there could be, but if they do something a little bit differently... I mean, it's funny, that's a good example, because the other example I think of is obviously, like, the Star Trek reboot, which accounts for itself within the narrative, and I, I tend to like that kind of way of going about it. So, it's like, oh, we went through this weird wormhole and we're in a parallel universe. And they were still the same characters with the same sort of personalities from the original series, but everything can kind of happen differently now. Because there's like the main universe that everybody knew and loved before, and now there's a, yeah. a parallel universe that also exists, and they're both okay. They're both true. Yeah, which makes the the second, but the 
but then they still tell the same sort of story. Like, oh, Khan is still, spoiler alert, <laughs> in the second film. <laughs> Got to get our spoilers in there, right? <laughs> the spoiler episode. So, I wanted to tell you about this one spoiler, just to go back to Star Wars for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first spoiler that I ever heard of. And it was when I was a kid, after I'd watched Star Wars for the first time, and I knew how the story went, uh, my mom told me that she went to see um, Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater in, um, was it 1980, 1981? Anyway, I think it's 80. We can look that up, too. But uh, with my Aunt Karen and... As they're sitting down with like their popcorn and drinks, my Aunt Karen turns to my mom and says, oh my God, you're gonna love this. She's already seen it. And she says, because Darth Vader is Luke's father. And we're gonna find that out at the end. Oh my God. <laughs> my mom's just sitting there like, oh my God. Oh, like the, the realization is still powerful, but it's totally ruined. Like you're just about to watch it. My Aunt Karen just couldn't keep her mouth shut. <laughs> Did that ruin the movie for her? Yeah. Totally. Feel very unhappy about it when she told me about it. I don't know. Huh. You know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago or something. Well, now there is this like entire industry around spoiling details of, of movies and TV shows coming out. Like, I read the morning spoilers on io9 every morning just for these, like, little details about Doctor Who or the mm-hmm. next Game of Thrones season. Do, like, do you think spoilers ruin a TV show or a movie for you? Uh, it depends on what it is. Like, I don't really like scary things all that much. And so if someone were to spoil that for me, then that's okay. Uh, I, you know, like, you could tell me about, actually, my friend was telling me the other day how the, the whole conspiracy in the X-Files plays out, and I've tried to watch the X-Files, but it's kind of like a game of chicken for me, where each episode, I think, okay, I'm going to try one more and see if it's too scary, and I can, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad, I can make it through, but then it's like, am I going to watch the next one, or will it be the one that was going to ter- you know, be too terrifying? And I don't think the X-Files is a great example uh, maybe it shows people that, like, yeah, I don't like scary things, can't handle it. But, uh, yeah, so my friend Andre was just telling me exactly how this whole conspiracy shakes down. And I was like, that's awesome. Please tell me more. <laughs> that's kind of sometimes my relationship to spoilers is like that. Um, I think if someone were to tell me too much about Star Wars Episode Seven, though, I would be upset. Like, I'm looking forward to just it kind of, like, the movie as a, as a kind of ride, like amusement park ride or something. I want to be, I don't want to know what's coming or like in the next scene. I want to just be entertained for that for as long as possible, you know? I, I you know, my dad is probably going to be listening to this episode and I want to apologize to him over the air here for spoiling the end of Titanic when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I sat with my mom first and um, yeah, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Oh, that's really good. Yeah, and I said it in a way that I'm sure I was just like, like trying to wield the power of knowing what the end of the movie was. Like, ha, I know this thing, and you guys don't. And yeah, that was it was cruel of me. I'm, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> have you said? Have you apologized over the years, or is this the first time? This is the first time. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. 
I can't believe you'd ruin that, that film for somebody. I'm not even going to ruin it now. <laughs> um. I have a friend, um, Norman, and who knows if he'll listen to this or not, but the fact that you did that made me remember he has this thing where he'll read, uh, just go on Wikipedia and read spoilers. Like, he's addicted to it. He has to know what's going to happen. And so he got he got into Game of Thrones and was watching it in season one and was a little bit, just like a little bit ahead of my, my other friends and totally ruined the sort of, like, moment, the horrifying moment in season one where you learn that George R. R. Martin is just going to kill anybody. You know, like anybody could die in that show. Uh, and in the books, too. Um, but after that, he's just been a spoiler hound. He just reads them nonstop. Okay, why why culturally do we love spoilers so much right now? Because it wasn't even possible to get this much information about media 20, 30 years ago. Um, this is just occurring to me now, and so maybe it's going to... It won't work as a comparison, but it's just—it's also interesting that the, the as spoilers are on the rise. There's also a, a concern um, among folks who are like on the political left and want to be culturally sensitive um, to do with trigger warnings, right? To the just to sort of say that there's some maybe some sexually violent content ahead and to sort of like label something so that people don't have to encounter things that they don't want to encounter. Uh, so it's it, the trigger warning and the spoiler warning, uh, like it's weird to conflate them, but they have a similar kind of thing going on. And um, I wonder if it's just, I mean, both of them have to do with learning something or seeing something that you don't want to see. And so maybe like having that label lets you know ahead of, Time. Like, even on, on Wikipedia, it says at the top, warning, this wiki contains spoilers. And that's sort of like, like, of course it does. <laughs> right? It's an encyclopedia like, of everything that ever happens in Star Wars. In Star Wars, yeah. Um, so I can't, I can't, like, it's it's just really funny when something ha- someone just sometime is like, oh, we don't want these things spoiler, spoiled, we'll call them spoilers, and then it becomes this thing where everybody is just like a cultural practice now, right? And so I'm not sure um, how that starts. It's obviously tied to sort of like information culture. Uh, what do you want to read? What don't you want to read? But like newspapers don't say like spoilers may contain... It was really funny. I just also wanted, because I'm looking at Wikipedia, the quote of the day today, I think also really suits this episode or this conversation um, of all that matters. And it's, I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. Which is C3PO speaking to R2D2 um, outside the Moss Eisley Cantina as they're hiding from Stormtroop. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that sounds like a good place to leave it on. Um, it's all our fault. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Um, anything you want to say for uh, FunDrive? I would say that uh, listener-supported community radio is awesome because it gives people uh, a chance to explore the medium 
in a way that isn't tied to kind of like commercial enterprise and isn't tied to choosing a particular career path, that you could do this uh, for the love of it. Thanks to Bryn Bellamy for speaking with us. And thank you to all your listeners. This hour, we have raised $1,195. Um, can what? I read some of the... Yeah, um, here's some of the names. Names. Look at all these generous donations. Yeah, uh, Brent was one of them. Thank you so much for that, Brent. Um, we're almost at the end of our hour. There's still time to call in to donate to Fundrive at 780-492-2577. Thank you to everybody who has so far. That includes Len, Finn, Danielle, Zach, Julie, Brent, Jonathan, uh, David, Melanie, Lada, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, thank you so, so much. And thank you to one very special volunteer out there. Very, very, very... Very, very special volunteer. Man. Very handsome man, Finn. <laughs> um, we're almost at the end. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was going to say, you guys got to call in at 780-492-2577 right now, and you'll be entered in to win a book from Variant Edition Comics and Culture. Yeah. You know, any donation, uh, big or small, is appreciated. If you donate just $30, you'll get a Friends of CGSR card. You could pretty much go on a date every week at Friends of CGSR businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, tell them you're a friend of CGSR. <laughs> but, like, seriously, Metro like, Cinema... Uh, has a, a great discount. Um, princess Theater, they offer a bag of popcorn. Like, you oh, take someone awesome. on a date, you're like, hey, you want to go see something, Princess? Oh, yeah, I'll just show my card. Free popcorn. There you go. That's yeah. right. Donate now. Yeah. Uh, at 780-492-2577. So how are we doing? Uh... <laughs> How are we doing to get out our listener challenges, Chris? Well, we actually met uh, both of our goals for this hour. So I know. That's why I hesitated. Yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, that means that uh, we are now going to uh, indulge in uh, Everybody, the Backstreet Boys song, uh, karaoke nice. style. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a draw. So just a little snippet of uh, Backstreet Boys. A little snippet? Yeah. Get ready. The best part? Yeah. Now make sure it's the song and not the music video, because this music video, we're gonna have like five minutes. Oh. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Rock your body. Whoa, this is a weird key. I wanna get to the bonus, right? Everybody, yeah. Rock your body, right? Yo, Chris, you got the beat. Back streets, back, alright. Yeah, well, well. I know it. Oh my God, we're back again. (laughs) (laughs) Brothers, sisters, everybody say. And while we're singing, we're gonna do the draw. Gonna bring the flavor, show you how. For the CJSR bumper sticker. Here we go. Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. That was, you donated yesterday, but we processed your donation today. Thank you. (laughs) All right. For the Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, our winner is... Finn. Finn. Oh, Finn. Very special volunteer Finn. (laughs) Woo! Where are we in the song, yo? Everybody. Rock your body, right? I don't even need the words. <laughs> back streets, back. All right. All right. Oh, Navneet's up. <laughs> Navneet. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much that's, to everybody who donated today uh, for fun time. <laughs> Whoa, that's hot. All right, yeah. well, that's, that's it for our draw, and congrats to those winners, and thanks to all you who donated this hour. Up next is Woza Africa. Yeah.
All That Matters is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton. Uh, thanks to contributor Rowan E.B. today. Woo! Uh, production today by myself and by Marco Visconti yeah, from Marco, Advent Eve. Listen in on Friday at 6 for his show. Um, our theme music is by Dokashitero. Additional music today by Rasheen Murphy. If you have comments or questions about the show, send us an email. We're at allthatmatters at cjsr.com. We have all our episodes on our website, allthatmatterscjsr.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at ATMCJSR. Let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Josh Turpin. And I'm Chris Chang and Phillips. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody. (laughs) 